That's what it sounds like. So I think it's uh, definitely in our near future. But nobody knows the day or the hour. Deuteronomy chapter 28. I want you to get your Bible and open it to Deuteronomy chapter 28. If you've not been baptized, folks, you really need to be baptized. According to Scripture, Jesus was baptized. We are encouraged to be baptized. And if you've accepted Christ as your Savior, then you are a candidate to be baptized. You need to be saved. But if you're saved and never been baptized, you really do need to do this. And we are going to have a great, great celebration of baptism on June 5th. We just need you to sign up as quickly as possible so we can make sure that we are properly prepared. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1 says, Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings, somebody say all these blessings. Sounds like overflow to me. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Oh, I like that. Because you obey the voice of the Lord your God, you better set back and you better buckle up. Listen to this, verse number 3. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket, and blessed shall be your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way, but they're going to flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouse, hallelujah, and in all to which you set your hand, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving to you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself just as he has sworn to you. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, then all people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, in the produce of your ground, in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. Verse 12, the Lord will open to you his good treasure the, the heavens to give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not be beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and, care, and be careful to observe them. So you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you to this day, to the right or to the left, to go after other gods to serve them. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody ought to thank God for overflow today, for all the blessings that God has provided for us and promised he would give us. Hmm. This just, this just thrilled me when I, when I read this again. I've read it before. But when I reread it, I like to reread some things and let the Lord speak to me and show me some things. And I just, I about danced in my office 
all that God wants to bless us with. Powerful. Abundance. And overflow. Last week we found out that there's actually a place of overflow. Found out that there's several paths that we need to get on, that one will lead to the other and the other to the other, and finally it will lead us to a place of overflow. The paths are trusting the Lord, leaning on the Lord, acknowledging the Lord, and he reiterated that today, acknowledging him. And finally, honoring the Lord with your substance. But not everybody is going to get to the place of overflow Some will merely visit, like I did Niagara Falls, and watch in awe of the power of the flow of this river of blessing. They may occasionally experience it, but church, I'm ready to get there and unpack and set up homes, set up up camp. I'm ready to get to the place of overflow and live there as a church. I'm ready for you to live there. So much surplus and abundance from God that it just flows out of you and other people are encouraged. Other people's needs are met. Others are blessed. Are you ready to get to the place of overflow? Some won't ever get there because there is a prerequisite to overflow. Now, a prerequisite is something that is required beforehand. A prerequisite is something that is required beforehand. In other words, there are requirements before you can actually get to the place of overflow. You see, God has the supply. How many would think today that God has enough? How many would think today that God actually has more than enough? Abundance in God, overflow with God, brimming brimming over, running over. That's God. So the, the problem isn't God or what God has. He has the supply, and he's actually ready with his hand on the control of the floodgate. He's ready to pour out the abundance that we need. Somebody sent me a headline. Well, it was... Nancy Porsche, she sent me a headline on Monday, and it said, Mississippi opens the floodgates, something like this. And it had a picture of floodgates, and I I actually gathered it. Look, this is actually, folks, this is a dam, but on this side of the dam, there is an outlet. This is called a floodgate. So that the water on the other side of the wall, the other side of the dam, when it starts to rise to levels that are dangerous and could put homes and towns in harm's way, what do they do? They open the floodgates. Here's another floodgate here. Keep rolling that, Jackie. Here's another one. Floodgates. Another floodgate. They're having to open these floodgates all over the Midwest and into the South. Look at this. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten floodgates are opened right here. Sometimes they'll only open one or two, maybe five. They've got ten floodgates open just to regulate 
the water. So I'm thinking about these floodgates. And I'm thinking someone, there is some person that is in charge of when to open these floodgates. There's some kind of a control. There's some kind of a mechanism. There's some kind of a wheel, right? Something that a valve. Okay, I don't know what it is. Maybe a button. Who knows? Nowadays, it could easily be a button. I don't have to put my key in my car. Just so my key is in my pocket, I push a button. I mean, there is no place for a, a key to go in. There's no hole for the key. Yeah. Crazy, right? It could be a button that somebody... But somebody has to be the one to push the button, turn the valve, turn on the control, whatever it is. Do you know who that is in your life? That hand is God. And his hand is already poised. His hand is already on the control. But there's somebody else over here that's going to tell the controller when it's time. Somebody has to signal. Somebody has to summon. Somebody has to say, now. Why don't you holler out now? Hey. Oh, I like some of y'all just went right where I was going. You turned your head up and you said, now. You see, we are the ones, each one of us individually, you will be the one to summon. You will be the one to signal, now, God, open the floodgates. We're just sitting around saying, woo, that's exciting. We're talking about being blessed, coming in and blessed, going out. And I'm the head and I'm not the tail. And, and we forgot to signal. We forgot to summon. We forgot to tell the controller to turn the control on. We forgot to tell him to open the floodgate. And no wonder we're dry. We didn't do what was required in order to get to the place of overflow. Does anybody want to hear this today? See, there are requirements, folks. You can't just dance your way in. You can't just shout your way in. No, no, no. There are some absolutes. There are some requirements. There is a prerequisite in order to get to this place of overflow. I want you to look at them and I want you to jot them down. Because I don't want you to miss this place. This land of abundance. More than enough. A, a, a land of more than enough. What's the first requirement? Observation is required. Look at our text again. Now it shall come to pass, verse 1, if you diligently, somebody say diligently. Mm -hmm. We don't like that. If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully. Isn't that interesting? Carefully, careful observation. I probably should have put careful observation. You go ahead. I, I missed that word, but you go ahead and put that in. Careful observation is required. That's really better. To observe carefully. Wow. Observation, folks, is a requirement in order to get to the land 
to the place of overflow. Now, observation is accumulation. We're observing. It's taking in and gathering information. A good counselor sets and listens and gathers information and then is better informed and ready to give good and wise counsel. Good counselor just sets and observes for many, many minutes or perhaps even for hours listening. A judge listens to the prosecution and to the defense. And then after observing and gathering all the information is ready to rule. Crime scene investigators, they observe the scene of the crime and then they gather, accumulate all of the evidence. This is what we're to do, folks. We're to accumulate, observe, gather the info. How do we do this? By learning and studying the Word of God. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse six, uh, 15 says, To be diligent, to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, but rightly divides the word of truth. The King James says, Study to show thyself approved. Observing, being, being observant, is accumulating. We've got to get into the Word of God, folks. We've got to observe what does the Word of God say. How does the Word of God tell us to live? Carefully examining, carefully observing. Observation is accumulation, yes, but observation is also an awareness. Observation is just being aware of your surrounding. When, when you hear of someone who is observant, for instance, they just take everything in. You think they didn't notice that, but they sure did because they're so observant. They're so aware of their surroundings. Folks, we need to be observing in a couple of areas with this in mind, this awareness. We need to be observant of the world. And the circumstances in the world, the changes and the trends that are going on in the world. Unfortunately, there are many believers who are stuck in the past because they will not observe carefully. Something worked in the 50s, in the 60s, in the 70s, and maybe even last year as recent as last year, but things change. And we have to observe and be ready to change with the, with the, the, the culture, with, the, with the, the way the world is moving. We, we, we are in the world. We're not of the world. But I think we sometimes stick our heads in the sand and we refuse to observe the changes that are going on. And we're not effective in reaching the lost and spreading the gospel. I have a sister who dug her heels in the, in the sand so deep, she refused to text me. No way. Not going to do it. 
She was just so intimidated. I don't know what it was, really, because it's so simple. And it's so helpful. But see, we, we fight against change sometimes. And sometimes we need to just let the Holy Spirit help us to embrace some wonderful changes that will actually benefit us and help us to be more effective in the future, in now and in the future, should the Lord tarry. Observation is just an awareness. Things are changing, and I don't want to get left behind. I want to be as, as effective as I can be. I'm not looking to be as slick as I can be, or, you know, I, I just want to be effective. I want you to hear me today. I don't want this to be misunderstood. I think that we can take the technology of today and use it for God's glory and use it for spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. How many believe that? So there has to be an awareness, an awareness of the world, an observation of the world, but also, of course, an awareness of the word. Are you even aware of the word? When you encounter situations, the first thing that should come to your mind is what does the Bible say? What does the Word of God teach? First thing, Tassie, that came to my mind when somebody asked me about, is, is the world going to end? Is there going to be cataclysmic uh, disaster yesterday? I said, well, what does the Bible say? We have to have an awareness, folks. What's the Bible say in every area of our life? Because we're in life, and life is like a boat. Sometimes the waves come in and rock us, and the winds blow, and, and we get a little bit seasick, and, and we get a little bit nauseous. The Word of God is our steady anchor. Go back to the Word of God. Observe carefully. This is a requirement, folks. If you want to get to the place of overflow, observation, careful observation is required. Obedience is also required. Back to our text. Now, it shall come to pass if you diligently. See, I missed that one too. Go ahead and write that in. Diligently obey. If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon you, overtake you. Why? Because you obey. So simple, but so difficult. I think all of us could say in some area of our life and some time of our life that obedience has been hard. How many would just agree with me today and say, Pastor, I found obedience, sometimes it's been hard. Diligent obedience. Observation is the accumulation and the awareness. Obedience, folks, is the application. It's the application of the observation. So what you have observed, what you have gathered, what you have learned, now obedience is just putting it into practice. Obedience is the doing. Observation is the seeing, the gleaning, the hearing. 
This is rubber meets road right here, folks. This is hands to the plow. It's going to get sweaty. It's going to get dirty. Obedience. Obedience in two areas. First of all, obedience in living. The word of God, which we are going to be careful to observe, aren't we? Oh, yeah. Careful observation. It lays out for us clearly how to live our lives. There's really no guesswork involved. God knew we would probably wander and be confused and have questions, so he just laid it out for us. You want to know how to live? I'm going to tell you how to live. Because this said something about to diligently obey, uh, carefully observe what? All his commandments. Does anybody know in order all of the Ten Commandments? If you do, I want you just to stand and recite those for us today. Anyone? How many think you could probably get all ten by just hollering them out, but they might not be in order? Okay, I was hoping Pastor Moses would raise his hand. But I didn't quiz him on this. I didn't give him any heads up. Okay. Well, we're going to walk through this. Let me ask you, first of all, do you know what the first one is? What is the first one, someone? The first one is Exodus chapter 20 and verse number 3, and it goes like this. You shall have no other gods before me. Anybody want to take a stab at what number two is? Pastor Moses thinks it's no idols. Exodus 24 says, you shall not make for yourself a carved image. Ding, ding, ding. You're the winner. How about Number three, the third commandment. Anyone? Come on, help me. Take a guess. Can't hear you. Okay, good guess, but it's actually verse number seven. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Number four, anyone? There we go. It is. Remember the Sabbath day. Keep it holy. Where are we at? Number five? Oh, yeah. See, we. that's interesting. Well, yeah, you would know that one, wouldn't you? I love it. Exodus 20.12 says, honor your father and your mother. Number six. Nope. It's actually you shall not murder. Number seven. You shall not commit adultery. Number eight. There you go. You shall not steal. Number nine. Here we go. Number nine. You shall not bear false witness. And then number ten, which 
we've been thinking it's three and four and five and six and seven and eight and nine. Number 10 actually reads like this. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife. You shall not covet his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey nor anything that is your neighbor's. Let's make it clear. In every area, you have enough and you should be satisfied and thankful for what you have. You see, God has no problem, folks, telling us how he wants us to live. But yet, we don't live that way, many of us, certainly the world. Obedience in living, living out the commandments and what God has told us to do. Obedience in giving as well. Malachi 3.10 says to bring all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. It goes on to say that if we do not do this, we're actually robbing God. Robbing God. What a thought. May it not be said of us. So we just have to be obedient in this area, even when the times get tough. Luke 6.38 says give, commands us to give. Give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Obedience is required. When we observe, Carefully observe and diligently obey. These are requirements, folks, that will lead us to this place. And when that happens, overflow is released. It's as though we then signaled to the controller, to God, now. It's time. Open the floodgate. Are you ready to signal this to God? Are you ready for the overflow in your life? Well, the proof will just come. We can say, yes, I'm ready, but it will actually just be proven by your life. If you fulfill these requirements, then you're truly ready for overflow. There are two columns in my Bible that list all of the blessings of God that I, that I read to you at the beginning of our service today. Blessed shall you be when you rise and when you lie down and when you come in and when you go out and the blessings went on, the fruit of your land, the fruit of your, your body, and ah, it's exciting. Two whole columns for this. But there are actually four columns devoted to the cursing that will come upon a person who decides not to observe and not to obey. And you may think, well, I don't really care if I get to a place of overflow. I'm, I'm actually quite content to live in mediocrity. You know, people won't say it like that, but it's true. Their life says it. I'm, I'm satisfied with just enough or barely enough or even not enough at times. 
crazy mentality. You, we, can't really, we can't really decide like that, though, folks. It's either observing and obeying, and if we don't do that, we are refusing to observe and completely disobedient. Bring up those last two verses for me, Jackie. 58 and 59, I believe. If you've got your Bible open, I want you to see this out of Deuteronomy 28. There it is. If you do not carefully observe all the words of this law that are written in this book, that you may fear this glorious and awesome name, the Lord your God, then the Lord will bring upon you and your descendants, that's interesting, extraordinary plagues, great and prolonged plagues, serious and prolonged sickness. And he lists taking four different columns in my Bible, twice as much as is devoted to the obedience and the blessings for obeying. I think this is saying something to us today. Are you ready to get to this place? I want you to bow your heads. And I want you to ponder today what has been delivered into your spirit. And I want you to see the hand of God. Imagine with me that strong hand that flung stars and shaped planets. Wow. Forming the heavens and the earth. See that hand. See it moving to the controls. It's a floodgate that is all your own. There is this reservoir, an engorged river from the throne of God just waiting to be poured into your life. You'll be the one to signal, now is the time. Are you ready to do what is required of you? Carefully observing, diligently obeying, you're here today and you'd say, Pastor, I'm really, I really do want to get to this place and I want God to help me to do what is required. If that's you, I want you to stand all over this sanctuary. I'm ready to go to the place of overflow and I'm praying that God helps me to do what is required. Stand with me. Father, I stand today. I stand. I want you to take me to this place of overflow. And I'm asking you to help me as the pastor of this great congregation. Help me to do what is required. God, may I lead the way in careful observation, first of all, accumulating and gathering the information that is necessary, learning diligently, studying to show myself approved, being aware of the world, circumstances and trends and changes, God, being aware of your word and what does your word say in every instance, in every area. God, help me as the pastor of this church to lead the way 
in diligent obedience. Blind obedience, really. Just knowing that your word says thus and so, and now I'm going to apply what I have accumulated. I'm going to apply what I have observed, and I decide that I'm going to obey you, Lord. In my living, Lord, let me obey every one of the Ten Commandments, God. Thank you for loving me enough to let me know how I should live. I don't have to wonder. I don't have to guess. I don't have to put it together myself. You laid it out very clearly for us, God. Now all you're asking us to do is simply obey. Help us, God, to obey in living. Help us, God, to obey in our giving, Lord, bringing you the tithe, the tenth part, honoring you with our possessions, Lord. And we pray now, controller, Open the floodgates. Come on and lift up your head toward heaven and say, Now, God, now, God, I pray for release now, God. I pray that your strong and mighty hand would move to the controls and begin to open up the floodgates that would wash over my life and pour into my life, God, those blessings, God, coming in and going out. and Hallelujah. We give you all the thanks. We give you all the praise. We pray it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Overflow, church. Overflow. It's going to take some work. But I'm believing we're going to get there and we're going to live there. The choir and I are dressed in military clothing today because tonight we are going to honor our military. We have a military recognition night tonight, and it is one of my favorites of the entire year. We've got some guests coming in, got some Humvees parked out on our property there. You don't want to miss this. It's really going to be great. Wear some red, white, and blue or some camouflage or whatever you'd like, but come tonight and let's honor our military and just have a great, great night. Amen. Pastor Moses, would you dismiss us in prayer? Father, we thank you for your spirit in this place this morning. Father, we thank you, God, that you have met with us. Oh, God, we thank you for your word and your presence in this place this morning. I pray, God, that we would live lives of overflow, that we would obey your word, God, that we would follow your principles and your precepts. Father, we thank you, God, that you have so much more in store. Father, and I pray, Lord God, that we would not hold you back from pouring it out. Father, we ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen.